The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by Discover Your Options. Getting started with trading options may seem intimidating, but with the Discover Your Options bootcamp, you'll be up to speed faster than you could have ever imagined. No matter what your ultimate goal is, learn the basic skills and gain all the confidence needed to ultimately win in the exciting world of options. Go to By the Hood University and click on the link for Discover Your Options to receive the code for 60% off the bootcamp. That's right, 60% off. Remember, go to Buy the Hood University, look at Discover Your Options, and get 60% off. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jim. And um, as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to all of our supporters, um, specifically our students in By the Hood University, which is growing uh, rapidly right now. And we appreciate all that. But thank you to anyone who shared um, any of our content, watched our content. Give us a like. Give us a dislike. Hey, listen, we appreciate all that, all the feedback. Um, I'm joined by my partner, Crime, as always. Corey's in the building. What's good, Corey? I'm on. You know, I'm on top of the soil, not underneath it, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah, you're doing better than most, man. Um, yeah. For the folks out there, make sure make sure that you um you know share this content, hit the like button, subscribe to our channel. If you're listening to the podcast, um, just make sure that you give us some feedback, give us five stars or what have you. But you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters that look like us who are doing amazing things in the world of business, community service, investors. We just want to highlight people doing positive work, and we have a very special guest. Um, we got the brother Jason on, but listen, he's an overall creative. He's involved in so many things. I don't even want to run his resume down because I'm going to miss some things, but um, one of the things that I want to highlight and we will talk about is this VT Heroes um, card game, or it's, it's, it is a card game, but it's more than a card game that he has actually coming out. It's on Kickstarter now that's been well-funded, but it, it looks amazing, and it's a brother that looks like us, so I definitely want to highlight him, but... uh. Chase, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, I'm chilling. What's good? What's good? Yeah, man. Listen, I only want to get to start running your resume now because you 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 have done so many things and you're doing so many things that I don't want to leave anything out. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your background. Where were you born and raised? Um, what was your schooling like? Uh, give us a little bit about your background. Uh, sure. Uh, well, I was first of my family born in this country here, uh, and I was born in Philadelphia. Uh, family is from Jamaica, and not that the hair gives it away or anything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, we I don't know, I just you know, we it was just me and my mom, and you know, we you know fought against the you know the system and all that good stuff, and you know she. What part of Philadelphia? Uh, what uh, West Philadelphia? West Philadelphia, born and raised, huh? Yeah. Every time I say it, <laughs> I hear it in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you, you're an overall creative, and we're going to talk about some of the projects and things that you've worked on. Um, we can see that you're, you know, a, a, a Spider-Man fan just based upon your background, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's my nickname. It's been my nickname so, for like twenty years. So, so tell tell us your journey into getting into, um, you know, uh, geek culture or, or nerd culture, whatever you would like to, um, however you describe it. Tell us about your journey because one of the things that, um, you know, you, we recognize with the internet and all of us being able to share information is just how many folks that look like us are in, into the culture, right? Um, right. 
it's easier now to find each other. Let's put it that way. Uh, what was your yeah. journey like growing up or, or as someone who was into that? Uh, it was it was different. Uh, like my mom was the, the big reason why I'm into geek culture and all that stuff. Like my mom was you know, an immigrant who ended up, you know, going to Wharton and, you know, working at UPenn. She worked at a UPenn bookstore and would bring back comic books and, you know, different textbooks for me to like learn because uh, I was blessed enough to be considered one of those, you know, those, I don't even want to say, but it, you know, like little prodigy kids things, you know, like the, the, the smart ones that got extra black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was able to pick up on things and learn a lot of things quickly. And one of the things when I was three, this, this shows my because at three, I I went back to Jamaica alone. Like this is back when you know, a three year old could literally get on a plane and be good. Like, <laughs> yeah, those days have changed. Them days are gone. Uh, but right before I left, my mom uh, decorated my entire room. She saved up money and decorated my entire room in Spider Man, like bed sheets, the pillows, the curtains. Mm-hmm walls like it was just spider-man and like ever since then i've been obsessed with him you know because he's the hardest working superhero <laughs> so spider-man to you is is more than like you know the story it actually um you know harkens back to your childhood right so i was going to ask you that so out of all the different characters or books was spider-man your start is, is, yeah. is that where you started with uh yeah yeah, Spider-Man's where things started, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and I was blown away even at a young age on how much of a hard worker he was. And as I grew up and really got into it, I realized he's the only one that like had to struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, everybody else is either rich, a god, or an alien. Like, he was the only character I knew that had bills. you're a forensic scientist you got bread like you ain't gotta like look up what a forensic scientist can make like you're good (laughs) so so the blue collar the the blue collar uh dimension of spider-man is what attracted you to spider-man yeah because everybody else look well they're like daredevil he's a lawyer just because he ain't the greatest lawyer getting all the big bills He's still getting lawyer money. You know what I mean? Like Peter was out there like like me being a full Jamaican going out there like with three, four jobs, moving pizzas, taking pictures. You know? <laughs> so, so that's interesting. Right. So uh, your story. Right. So you, 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 your mother uh, brought home books and things like that, which helped you, um, you know, learn um, at an early age. Uh, she's also the one that put you on to Spider-Man. Did you know from then that you will be working and in, in building a business in this industry? Or did you have other dreams as you were coming up and, you know, you just went back to which your passion? Uh, I kind of did. I made up my mind. Like, my fam- my mom was trying to set me up because, like, you know, I, I, you know, I had the good, the good brains up here. Uh, so she was like, doctor? And, like, was giving me, like, all this, like, all these medical books. And I was learning from all these medical books. But I'm like comic book you know like gotcha. so, and 
eventually when the first NES, the Nintendo came out, I uh, fell in love with that. My mom bought me the Nintendo. She taught me how to play like video games, like the on my Atari and all that stuff like that. Thanks to her. I'm, here I am. Um, and then that's what started me on my business road because I don't know if you guys remember the Apple IIe, like the old Apple computer, yeah. the black screen Absolutely. letters, mm-hmm. matrix, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I learned the program basic. I was like 12, around 12 years old, and I learned the program basic. And with that, uh, I started making my own like computer games on actual, remember the big old black floppy disk? Little oh my god, yeah, yeah. Actually, we yeah, we old enough to remember that we we from that time too. Yeah, yeah. So I was making games on that because and I started making I started like obsessing over the business aspect of Nintendo because okay. I wanted to be the next Nintendo. So what I ended up doing was I started making games and different I saw that there was a variety on Nintendo, you had sports games, you had this, you had that. So I wanted to do that. So I started making sports games. I started making adventure games. I started making all different types of games because I knew maybe not someone's not a sports fan, but they like action and adventure or they like, you know, story-based games, something like that. So I started making all these games and then I started putting in cheat codes built into the games and when the game was like tricky or hard, I would provide a little magazine I made because Nintendo Power came out. And mm-hmm. I was obsessed with that magazine because I was like, that's so cool. It shows you how to beat the games and what the levels look like. So then I started designing the same thing for my games. So I made a little magazine that showed you tips and tricks on how to beat my games. So I was selling my little floppy disk games and then on top of that, get it, and I'm selling them to kids, like my friends, uh, mm-hmm. family members, uh, uh, teachers, whoever. And then I would sell them a subscription to my monthly magazine for like five oh, bucks man. a month or whatever. And He's already hustling. <laughs> I was, I was doing this. I was no lie. I was doing this at twelve, and I found a picture not too long ago. I put it up on Facebook. I have to go find it again. Literally me in front of one of my computers, like at twelve, like ah, like you know, going to town. That's, like, that's making- an amazing story for a couple of reasons, right? Because um, to me, what I'm taking from this conversation, which the story you're telling, is that how how your mother set you up for the success, how she put the tools in your hands, and you know, let you go and expose you to things at a young age that allowed you to um, you know, to learn. So I, I think that's a dope story. That's the dopest part of the story is that uh, she gave you the tools to yeah. uh, kind of grow what you were doing. So that's 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 an amazing story. And and that's the thing that I I feel bad when I see in our community as, as black folk and as people of color, we don't give those tools to our kids so that they can possibly find that avenue. Yeah, it's exposure. It's a level of exposure. It's like, take your child. Uh, my, my mother was like adamant about it. And, and I think part of that was because she was like from another country. 
she didn't like that we had to had to live in the hood. She wanted to, you know what I mean? She wanted to show me the whole world. So mm -hmm. she would take me to a museum or take me to like a park out in the like in, in Center City or take me, you know what I mean? Places that you don't you like in a sense, you don't see people going. Yeah, no, it expands your mind. Like the more the more things you're exposed to. I mean, one of the reasons that we do the podcast to expose uh, people to people that look like them that are doing like you know great things because exposure is important, and not just to uh, people that look like you, but also to places. You know, um, yeah. and putting those tools in the, in the next generation's hand is, is is absolutely paramount because, like you said, if not for your mother doing that for you, you wouldn't be where you are today. Right, right, and you know. It was one of those things where I enjoyed it as a kid, obviously. Like, I had the fun with it, like, seeing all these things. But I didn't realize how, and not until I started trying to expose my friends to this stuff, that I realized how different my life was. And you can't use money as a reason that you can't do these things. Because we mm -hmm. didn't have any money. And... She found ways to yeah. be able to get stuff like that, you know, get that kind of exposure, you know, take there's libraries like it, there's there's so many different things. You just take a walk, you know, mm -hmm. like hop on a bus and go to like a nice part of town and just like this is a house costs this much or is worth this much, you know, and just like you could do this if you do said things or go to school or if you do this, like, you know what I mean? Show like, I, I do that with my nephews. I'm like, they look at me now and they're like, well, you know, you, you good now. I'm like, yeah, but I'm trying to help you out. So that, <laughs> you know, strive for the best. Don't just look at me as the end result. Like you could be the next game developer. You can make the next hit comic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I, I do stuff like when I'm on set um, for any of my shoots or like if we're shooting like one of the commercials or a show or something like that, I try to bring like my nephews or whatever with me so that they can see what kind of work goes into it. You know, they, they get to be behind the scenes. Sometimes I put them in the shot. Like, or I oh, use that's, them, that's, I that's use amazing. Them <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing, though, that, that you're exposing them to the to business side of things. That's amazing. And we're going to get into the... I, I, I want to get into some of the things you got going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but but, but I have um ask you this question. In terms of your uh, educational background, did you, did you uh, go to college at all? <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it, it's not for every. It's not for everybody. I just, no, you know, I love college. Don't get me wrong. I loved college. I, I'm gonna just put it like this: because of how things went in my life, because you know, life doesn't always go exactly how you know things you know expected and planned out. Um, I never actually graduated anything. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, that's that's your, that's your journey. Everybody has their own journey. I, I went. I, I I went to school, um, and then when I was supposed to graduate, we had to we had moved, so then I didn't get to actually graduate, and 
that I tested to go. You you know how you have to test it yeah. where you place that. Lucky with the good brain, I guess. So they just bumped me up ahead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you go to that grade. And I was like, all right, cool. And then right before um, graduating like high school, there was a whole like just family fallout of all kinds of crazy. Just the world, just my whole world, you know, literally turned up down. Why do I have all this fresh grants in my head? Um, but I ended up living on the streets for a little mm-hmm. bit. And I was honestly, I was too embarrassed to go back to school because, you know, I'd be rocking the same like three pairs of clothes. <laughs> And I just dropped had just dropped out, and I eventually went and got my GED. With, uh, okay, take- well, let's talk about that. Yeah, How, was- how'd you pick yourself up? How'd you pick yourself up from um from from hitting that point in your life? What was it that helped you get out of, out of uh, you know out of that point? It was, I, I think I was still determined, you know, like like people don't understand, like well, you you're you're from Philly, so. When I explain where I was at, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know 69th Street? Yep. I lived underneath the train, the, the, the bridge. Okay. I know <laughs> exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, where, where all the other homeless people are. <laughs> like, and I've been through that. I was, I, they have like little like vans to take you to like churches or warehouses where you could, sometimes you can sleep for the night and then they bring you right back to the train station and just just to keep you off the street so you, you don't get hurt but mm-hmm. those places are dangerous when you get in there because everybody is literally robbing each other and like shanking each other bananas um i think my determination was i don't want to come back to this and i'll find so, a way like out of it and I, and I use my art as a way to get out of it Mm, that's interesting. So, so basically, in the long run, that that kind of helped shape you to to where you are now, like that that experience. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it taught me how to hustle because I would during the day, I would walk. I was like seven, sixteen, seventeen. So I would walk from county to county, and I'm talking about like four hour walks, like. Just literally, I'd be in like the suburbs, like deep in the suburbs somewhere, and I would just draw for kids. And I and I did it. I, I saw how drug dealers worked, <laughs> and I was like, "That's good business practice." So I would give one kid a free drawing, mm-hmm. and then they would show it to their friends, and their friends wanted a drawing, and I'd be like, "Well, if you get a dollar from your from your, your folks." I'll give you a drop. <laughs> so that I was sitting there. That was that was my hustle. I was like going around. Like I'd find one kid, like, who's your favorite character? They're like, Pikachu. And I'm like, bang, 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 or something like that. And like give them that drawing. Then they would go and like, oh my gosh. And like I'm drawing Ninja That's- Turtles and stuff like that. And then I saved that money up to, you know, you know, help myself eat and all that other, you know. Man, that's an amazing story. You, you have an amazing story. You literally have like, drew your way out, right? You like it's I like drew uh, my way out, out, of, out of living on the streets. 
drew your way out of living on the street. That's a it's like uh the um the Hamilton thing. I wrote my way out, right? But you drew your way out. Yeah. Your, your artistic ability. That's 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 an amazing story. Um, so uh for the folks that may be just getting exposed to you, talk about some of the projects that you're working on, the uh, things that you have going on now. Like I said, your resume is crazy, and I didn't even know that part of your story. And I thank you for sharing that and being transparent because I think that'll inspire some folks. Um, that you can, you know, hit hit rock bottom, and then you know, you literally used your art as a way to get out of that, and I think that's inspiring. But um, yeah, what are some I, of the things you were doing? Half eating tra- uh, what I call trash burgers. Like I'll see somebody eat half a burger, throw it in trash, and I was like, my pride ain't that strong right now, so I'm gonna just go in there and grab that bad boy real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, that's amazing though, because you're somewhere else now. So let's talk about some of the things you have going on now, so we could like look at where you came from to where you are. What are some of the projects or things that you're working on now? Uh, yeah. Um, so right now, outside of VP Heroes, oh, um, I am the. There's a show, a sci-fi show, called The Orville, and that's a. Uh, it's done by uh, Seth MacFarlane. One of his projects, one of his shows, is live-action show, very similar to Star Trek. I am the director of the fan series that's out right now or that's in production right now and i'm gonna be directing other projects and other sci-fi shows uh reason why people even brought me on to that is because they see me direct my commercials that air on cartoon network and i have commercials that aired on cartoon network because i they're based on my convention. I created uh, Philadelphia's largest anime convention. And now it's, I moved it to Atlantic City, but I created music fe- music festivals on South Street. Uh, I'm a comic book writer and artist. I've worked on at least four different titles, all different genres too. <laughs> Um, so, and uh, I'm also still, or back again as a game developer. I've been a voice actor, radio personality. Uh, you've done, you, you, are doing a yeah. lot of things, and you run the game. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm man. Um, he, you, you said if it's artistic, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if and, it's and, a, um, and if it's a business, I can run it. And I know recently you were uh, on a panel um about about you know Spider Man. You love a Spider Man. Who was who was on that panel with you that that uh, was oh, recent? Yeah, I was on a Comic Con panel, a Fayetteville Comic Con's um, Spider Man panel. It was myself, uh, Jim Salakrup, who is the editor of Marvel Comics, and at the time was the editor to create like the Secret Wars and introduce Venom and like the black suit and all that stuff yes listen and i'm i'm not i'm not as i'm not as deep in the culture as you are but um what i will say is uh i i do love comic books well i like well it depends on how you call them graphic novels i like to call them to sound more sophisticated but uh secret wars is one of those ones though i i know that like that those that's one that's one of the series that i've read secret wars is that work but go ahead i'm sorry i had to say that because you no 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 um, but the one like that was dope being with like the editor, uh, editor of Marvel. But on top of that, I'm on the same panel with Todd McFarlane, who, if you've ever seen Spider-Man with the big eyes, 
and the crazy detailed webbing and Spider-Man in those really crazy poses, you can thank Todd McFarlane. Mm -hmm. And that and that yeah. design of Venom, that's Todd McFarlane. He also created Spawn. Like, mm -hmm. like this guy is like one of my heroes. And how does it feel to sit on a panel with legends like that, considering like you know um, where where you've come from, how how you've had to you know uh, kind of kind of hustle your way, or or as we say, you um, literally drew your way out. How, how does it feel to at this point now work mm -hmm. on a lot of amazing pro projects, successful projects, and be sitting and be recognized as such? Because you're award winning as well. We didn't even bring that up, but um, to be sitting on panels with people that are your heroes, how does it feel to make that that one eighty? Yeah, it's crazy. Like whenever, like I do a lot of guest appearances at, at Comic Cons when we had Comic Cons, um, and it's just really dope. Like I never thought I'd be. That, that was a dream as a kid. Like I'm gonna create this company and I'm gonna be famous and I'm gonna, I'm gonna know this artist and I'm gonna know this person. I never thought that it would really happen on this level. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting there with, I was on a panel with um, different, like, famous artists and creators. And I'm, fr and like, having dinner with, like, Marvel actors. Like, that's mm -hmm. the wild, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but listen, if, if someone hasn't known at this point in the interview, but you, you are a creative, right? And you just continuously create and create, which is amazing because it's gotten you to the point where you are now. Um, yeah. And I mean, congratulations. I by RZA. Like, I had dinner with RZA, and he gave me a shout-out in the video, like, yeah. for knowing, for doing all this anime stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, man. And congratulations, um, um, because your story is very inspiring, man. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh VT Heroes though. Um, because VT Heroes is is one of your newer projects. Yeah. And uh could you well let's let's just start from there. Can you explain to our uh folks what VT Heroes is? All right, yeah. I'll show you a little something. All right, and I'll talk about it. Uh VT Heroes is a deck building fighting card game. Uh and, and the genre I chose is called in Japan, it's called Tokusatsu. Uh, or Sentai. Uh, that is, if you don't know what that is, it's Power Rangers. Like, like people think Power Rangers was just one show. That's a like a whole genre in Japan. Like everybody's got their own like quote unquote like Power Rangers type thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I made a fighting card game, and I made my own. You know. I guess for you, you know, people to understand, I made my own Rangers and you actually, it's a one-on-one -on -one fighting game where you pick, you design your character based on the color, your element and your totem or spirit animal. And then you have a deck of action cards and just like magic or Yu-Gi-Oh and all that stuff, you battle one-on-one -on -one to like deplete your opponent's energy. So it's like street fighter meets power Rangers and with a little bit of a uh, matrix in it. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Now, how many, um, you know, black people um, are in this space right here where they're creating like, you may not be able to answer that question, but 
I don't see too many um people that look like us that have created games like this. I, so I, I, know, I know a couple, not, but not okay. necessarily fighting games, but like just games in general, like tabletop games or or like indie how games. Difficult, how difficult of a process is that? Uh, how difficult was it for you? Um, not that difficult. Uh, <laughs> is, it, well, is, it, is it is it because of your connections and in, in, w- within that space, or um, or just because? What was the hardest part? Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, okay. Hardest part was finding a way to make this real, like tangible, like manufacturing. Yeah. Like, and then I found a company. There's a like self-publishing company called Game Crafters. They're 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 a printing company. So you make the game, you make your rules, you design the look of it and all that stuff, and then you send it to them. You have to they give you templates like make sure your card fits in these space, this size, and all that other stuff. But uh I I think because I've already made games before, mm-hmm. it wasn't difficult. It was like more so now it's time to like move forward with it. Cause I've made games. I put them out there and all that stuff, but this is before the internet days. Gotcha. So now it's like a new animal. Like it's, it's different. Like, yeah, you know, like nowadays people can post something and it gets millions of follows and all this other stuff because you have the power of the internet. You know, that's back in the day the marketing that we have with just a simple post on Facebook would be worth millions of dollars. Yeah. Because that's facts. Reaching people outside of your neighborhood, like you had to pay top dollar to get something to be recognized nationally. And Listen, with Facebook, I- you can do a simple post and it can be international. You know, what you're saying is a fact. Like I'll post a meme. And the next thing I know, I'm like talking to someone like in South Korea and I'm like, how the hell did you even like, you know, but that's the power of the Internet. Um, let's go into to this, your VT heroes, though. You chose to use Kickstarter uh, as a platform um, to get it up and going. And like I said, I looked and I saw that you have a very successful campaign. Um, so what made you choose Kickstarter? And this is, was this your first Kickstarter campaign? Uh, one. Yes, this is my first Kickstarter. Like. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, I was super nervous. And I like the my I've done marketing before because I have my conventions, and I have my music festivals. And, and I, like I said, I was learning from being on the streets. Like you learn how to market because you I wanted to get out of that situation. I wanted to do better. So you learn how to hustle. Hustling and sales are the same thing. Uh, if you know how to hustle, you pretty much know how to sell uh, when it comes to you, you, actual marketing. Uh, and yeah, this was this was tough, man. This is weird. I never did Kickstarter before. I didn't know what I was getting into, um, but it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And I know your your campaign um it ends on September the 14th. So this episode will be out before then. So we'll put a link to the Kickstarter so people can check out their Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, um, now we're trying to hit the stretch goals. I'm trying to hit stretch goals and like 
it, 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 yeah, it, and I saw that. Well, can you explain to our folks what a, what a stretch goal is? Um, in in terms of Kickstarter, what's a stretch goal? Okay, uh, for all right, a stretch goal is when let's start off with the the initial goal. When you create a Kickstarter, they ask you what your goal is, how much money you need to make your project be a reality, a real thing. What do you need financially to bring it to life? Sometimes people go, oh, we need $2,000 so that we can get things printed and all that stuff. If you reach that goal and you still have time left, add some stretch goals. Uh, and those are stretch goals like, all right, now that we've met our initial goal, because Kickstarter works in the all or nothing kind of category, if you don't reach your initial goal, you don't get any of the money. So now that you've met your goal, that means you're going to get this money. Now there's ways to market and provide something extra so that say, hey, we want to make the quality of the project even better by getting better materials, but it's going to cost us a little bit more. So if we can reach this goal of, say, our initial goal was 2000 say if we reach 5000 then we can afford to use even better quality materials. So then people right. will continue to contribute and back the Kickstarter in hopes of helping you reach that extra uh, goal, that above and beyond goal of 5000 And then you reach that, maybe you have another stretch goal where you're like, hey, if we go to 6000 or 7000 we would add an extra item or an extra thing to this to make it even that much better. And Got then you. people add on to it. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So at this point, you're you're reaching for stretch goals at this point. So that, that's amazing, man. Um, and the community and is back. I only, two. I only have two. And we're almost at the one. I'm like 500 or so dollars away from the first stretch goal. That's dope, man. So the community has supported you. That's 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 good to see. Um, so let me ask you this question. Um, what does the future look like for you? What what do you what are your plans for the future? Like, is it is it to further build out this VT Heroes brand? Are you working on anything? Um, you know, else for the future? Like, what what does that look like for you? Uh, well, um, I have my I have my son. That's that's my future right now. Um, I just you know he's five months old. Uh, oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Jonathan Parker. Yep. I went with Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I see the little Parker there. You know, Jonathan Parker. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, Let me, are we ever going to get a Miles Morales uh, uh, movie? Like, you know, when's that coming? That's what I want to see. Um, I see that. I We shouldn't rush it. Uh, one of the things with that is we have a young Spider-Man at this point. And for the story of Miles Morales to truly work, we need the young Peter to get a level of experience in his life so that he can be a mentor to Miles. Okay. And then at some point, if you do it based on like the Ultimate Comics or, or was it the Ultimate? Yeah, I think it was the Ultimate Comics. Yeah. You, he, Peter's got to die. But he has to yeah. be an adult when that happens. And like Miles has to see that happen. So Miles has to be a teenager while Peter's an adult, and like he got kicked okay. I, I get it. I just want to see. It. That's something I want to see <laughs> before I leave the surf. I want to see it. <laughs> we are getting that with the sequel to the PS4 Spider-Man game. 
Okay. Now, okay. this yeah. school that's coming out, I believe at the end of the year, is actually you play as Miles this time. Like Miles was in the game, you mm -hmm. played here and there, but he wasn't, he didn't have spider powers yet. Now he's at that point where he's gotten the spider powers, and now Peter's his mentor. Yeah, and for those and for those who have no idea what we're talking about, just look up uh, Google Miles Morales, and you'll see who he is. And you'll then and, and for those that know me, you'll know why I was why I'm interested to see Miles Morales <laughs> play uh, uh, play Spider Man. But um, let me ask you a couple more questions before we get you out of here. The, uh, first question I have is um, you've told us about uh, you know um, becoming homeless and then and then literally drawing your way out of homelessness. Uh, is that the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome in your journey to get you where you are today? I mean, there's there's always going to be hurdles. Like th that's the thing is when you're trying to start your own business or create something, don't think that it's going to be like, "Oh, I created this thing. Now I'll sit back and become rich." Like n no. If you think that, you've already like you've you've you damned your business. Like you, you, you are you are going to fail if you think that way. Uh, there's always obstacles. There, some of your obstacles will be your friends. Mm. Uh, like you'll have friends who they're cool with you because oh that's cute that you want to start this business or you have these cute ideas. But then once you start, say you blow up, say say you in the cover of magazines. Like, like that stuff happened with me. Like I've been on the cover of like uh, Philadelphia Weekly a couple times. I was uh, in uh, Philadelphia Magazine, like a couple of their business uh, magazines. I was in Black Enterprise. I I was, you know, the Inquirer, pretty much the Metro, all these things. And then once that stuff started happening, once I started winning awards and getting recognized for doing these things, that's when people started getting funny. Mm. People were like, oh, you think you, you think you hot stuff. Oh, uh, y'all, yeah, yeah, you was, you was once cool, but you, you a sellout now, or this, that, the other thing. Like, they, they're your friends while you're down. They're your enemies while you're up. Um, Damn. More money, more problems. Yeah. And I didn't think that was truly a thing. I knew financially that could be a thing because like cost of things get higher and higher when you get to a certain level of like what you're used to having. Um, but then, yeah, friends get friends get weird. People in the industry that you thought that you were peers with, if you happen to start moving forward, it, it becomes especially in our community. When it comes to black creatives, this is the most frustrating thing is that the crabs in the barrel mentality drives me crazy. Instead of saying, oh, my man's moving up. And usually if you're moving up and your homie's with you, you're lifting them up with you. A lot of these cats out here are seeing you rise. So they'll pull you down in hopes of, that's what's going to pull them, uh, bring them up. And it doesn't. You end up all just being down in the gutter. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I mean, it's, it's a mentality thing. People don't think in abundance. They think in scarcity. So 
And we talk about that a lot, right, Core? Like, it, yeah, it's man. the mentality of yeah, that's, that's 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 a mess. Like, so many cats. Yeah. That is an absolute cats in the hood. Like, cool with. And some of them, no, don't, don't get it wrong. Not all of them are like that. There's some in the hood that I'm like, yo, it was good. And they're like, yo, baby, I seen you on TV. That was dope, man. Like, yo, I'm so proud of you, bro. Like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, yo, let, let's go out, get something to eat or something like that. And they're like, yo, man, like, yeah, we're good. But then there's some that's like, man, you changed. Or like, you ain't the same person. You you think you bougie now. I'm like, dude, I just had a cup of noodles like the other day. What you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Oh, I ain't going to flex. I ain't going to, I ain't going to flexing on a cat or two, boy. <laughs> but no, no I think that's, that's, that's. That's, that's an amazing point, though. That that's an amazing point about um, sometimes the people closest to you could be the hurdle, right? Um, and also your point about um, you just create something and everything just comes to you. Like it doesn't take it takes work. Like once you create whatever it is you're going to create, that's actually when the work starts, right? That's the beginning. All right. So now you created this thing. Who cares? Like, <laughs> like, like that's that's really what you have to understand. Is like no one cares. No one cares what you just created. You have to make them care. And the way you make them care is to show them that it's worth caring about. So that's you going out in them streets, you know, putting it in people's hands. That's sometimes making a couple free products. Like I said, drug dealers know how to, they're the best at marketing. You give a couple free copies to people. Like that's what studios do. You know, like, cause like mm -hmm. my company, like J1 Studios, we review games, review comics, movies, all that stuff. So the studios will send free copies before they even come out of movies and shows and games so that we can have a review to hype it up because we'll help sell their product. Yeah. Like you have to think as your business, like who can you get involved with your product to help you sell this thing? You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's networking. You you have to learn networking. You have to also kind of throw your pride out the window because like you still have to understand. No one knows who you are. If you ain't already got millions, then no, no one knows who you are. No, no one cares. You know, your homies on your block is like one thing, but like marketing to the world, that it's a different animal. Man, that's all great advice, man. I appreciate that right there. Like that, that last everything you just said over the last several minutes was a bit amazing advice, man. Um, crazy because that that works in, in every space. Like you, you create something now, what right? And yeah. that works whether you're creating a tangible product, whether you have a podcast, whether you um have a course, whether you whatever that you make a shirt, like you got your t-shirt, nobody cares. Like now, why are people going to wear your t-shirt? So I think that's amazing advice there, man. That's when the work starts. Yeah, it, and, and honestly, it should be like, and like creating my convention in Philly, that was like, I could have created it anywhere else in the country and done like super well, super easy. It was always an uphill battle in Philly because one, I'm a black man with a business that has a Japanese theme that don't make no sense to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like what no i'm not letting you no no i'm not 
putting any money towards that, you know, <laughs> like so. And and you like the one thing I learned it was like when I was telling people, hey, come out to my convention, the Philly crowd, their response was, why? Like, I was like, geez. And then like, but like, see, when you know marketing, you know sales, you know how to like spit that game right back at them. They they were like, why? You'd be like, well, looking at your shirt, I see that you like Dragon Ball Z. Looking at your book bag, like you got this, 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 and like, or your cell phone, I can see on your phone case is like this anime or this video game product. Your hat is a Mario hat or, you know what I mean? Or I know you got that hat from GameStop, so don't play yourself. Like yeah, it's, you got to connect with people, whatever market. way you connect with them. Yep, yep, man. The great advice, and, man. And the problem is, you get that kind of response more from our own kind, and then those same black folk will be like, "Why don't you support black business? Like, or why don't you like market to black folk?" We do. I do all the time. Yeah. Our mascot is a black woman, a dark skinned black woman. I ain't even like, I ain't making light skin. Like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, I do market to everybody. The people who are more open and receptive tend to be outside of that. And I think part of that comes with the first thing I said in the beginning uh, of the show was exposure. Yeah. Because there's like, in 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 some parts of the big chunks of the black community, there are parents who don't deem it necessary to expose their kids to various cultures and the importance of, you know, what these cultures do for, like, this country alone as, like, a melting pot. You know, like, there's so many opportunities, and it leads to a slight bias. Mm-hmm. I grew up being told I was like trying to be white because I wanted to start a business that had to do with like video games and comic books. But did you do you think that's changing, though? Because like I said, with the Internet, now you recognize that there are there are black folks all around the world with the same interests. Right. Yeah. Um, Doesn't matter what it is. Like, that's the thing about like nerd culture. Right. So you could be a nerd about anything. Like, so I I grew up loving, loving, um, you know, finance and real estate and things like that. Oh, you're and, a finance nerd. Yeah, I'm a fine. Basically, yes, I'm a finance nerd. But what I recognize is when it, we're on the internet now, I'm associated with people all over the world who look like me, who are into the same thing, right? It's kind of like you know, I found my tribe, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it has to the same for you as well. Yeah, it's easier now with the internet um, because sometimes you're the only one in your group in your neighborhood that's into yep. that, but you didn't know that like. Four blocks down, there's a dude or, or 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 there's a girl that's going through the exact same thing you're going through. Exactly, 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 and, exactly. And, and and that has helped out a lot because I, growing up, my mom made sure I didn't have an island accent. We're Jamaican and Panamanian, so like, I literally am like the Miles Morales, like, <laughs> and the black thing going on, like, um. So she didn't want me to go through the 80s with the Jamaican accent because, you know, that have been that's like that's like being like Middle Eastern now, you know, like yeah, 80s was wild. Right. 
So yeah, I'm gonna train you. And she trained me. She literally erased any type of accent from me. So that's why I sound like a news reporter. I sound like a movie phone. Remember movie phone? Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember movie phone. Listen, <laughs> you, you, I definitely remember movie phone. What's that guy doing now? Like, what's the guy who's doing movie phone? I, I, if it starts up again, they probably gonna pick me because I'm gonna be like, "Thank you for calling movie phone. If you would like to hear your movies, please press one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you, listen, if you know, you know. Um, I have two questions for you. We we always ask our guests to give us like um a book or something that's been an inspiration to him, like your favorite, but you're, but you're, you're a, a comic guy. So I have, I want to ask these two questions for one, what is your favorite book? It could be a business book. It could be any book. Um, but two, and I know this is going to be difficult for you. What is your favorite comic book or comic series? Your single, uh, and I know you're going to say something Spider-Man. So let's just say, take Spider-Man off the table. Right. Um, what, would you say, what would you say? What would you say is your favorite? Ooh. Um, you know what? My favorite is from this independent, uh, like this third party, like comic company called Antarctic Press. There's this comic called Gold Digger, which is like an Indiana Jones sci fi street fire. It's just everything nerdy and anime. It, it, like, it's done. I gotta look that up. I never heard of it. I've been reading yeah. his comics for the past almost almost thirty years. I think it's like twenty five years. I've been I've been collecting his comics more frequently than even Spider Man because mm. he was such a huge inspiration. Because I never knew that many black people that drew in a Japanese influenced art style. Okay that actually made comics. Like I had some of my high school homies, you know, we all sat at the lunch table drawing our comics and all that stuff. But I didn't see that many people who were like, yo, I have an actual ongoing series or I have a book or anything. Like- I gotta look that up. I never heard name, of that one. His name is Fred Perry and it's from, the company is Antarctic Press. And it's called Gold, Gold Digger. And I actually, like, I love, I still read the books. Like, they, he's still making comics. And he was a military man. And while he was in the military, he started drawing. And then when he got out, he, he joined this indie comic crew, Antarctic Press, and then started making comics. Okay. That's dope. That, shout out to Fred Perry. Fred Perry. <laughs> Fred Perry, if you're watching, shout out to you. Because uh, I'm definitely uh, going to look that up. Um yep. Now, uh, Core, I know you. I know you uh, used to collect comics back in the day. What would you say is your favorite series? While we on this topic, uh, my favorite series was actually Archie's. But I still got some Archie digests up in here somewhere. Interesting. I didn't think Corey would say that though. That's just like that's like I didn't think you would say that. No, but I, I mean, you know, because they were w more easily accessible to me than the the x-men which was my you know my regular favorite series you know what i mean my uncle used to collect the x-men for me so my uncle had uh you know like i think he started at x-men 14 so he's been collecting x-men for ever and then um 
So I started at X-Men 14. I've actually read all the way from X-Men 1. I used to actually go to the comic book store and read the comics. They used to actually mm -hmm. let you do that. Uh, they don't do that anymore. But um, so I've read all the way from X-Men 1. My uncle started collecting at X-Men 14. And so I've been exposed to that. Um, I also like the uh, Avenger series. That was, you know, Reed Richards was my favorite character growing up uh, because he was, you know, he was a smart dude. And then he was fighting all these intergalactic dudes with no really, no real powers, except for he could stretch a lot. Like that was kind of weird to me that, you know, his brain was that big that he was fighting like Galactus and all Galactus had to do was hit him with like a beam and he couldn't even do it because Reed Richards was just smart. So listen, I mean, I like that. Although, although when I read it, I was rooting for Doctor Doom. Like, you know, don't judge me. Yeah, but that, I, mean, he, I like Victor Von Doom, but I, I, I prefer, you know, I just, you know, the smart dudes always. I got you. I got you. They always stand out like Spider Man, because yeah, man, people don't realize how intelligent Spider Man was as a teenager. He is Tony Stark level intelligent because as a teenager, he had to come up with not just the web shooters. He built them from scraps, but he also came up with a, a, a tangible liquid that became the webbing that was strong enough to hold cars, but also be able to dissolve after two hours. Because that's how there's no webs all over the cities, because they yeah. would actually dissolve after two hours. So, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. think about the, chemical, <laughs> the understanding of chemicals and, and to, to be able to, like, Build something that sits on just your wrist. That's huge webbing strong enough to like hold up a side of a building or or, or stop a train or like. No, yes, it's that's amazing. And I just want to put out there for the for the record, uh, folks watching. My favorite series is uh, Why the Last Man. I think um, wow. in terms of comic, in terms of comics, that that to me was like profound. Like it was so many, it was so layered. And that's one of the reasons I like comic books too, because you could talk about some heavy topics um, within comic books, and, and it, it gets very deep. But why the last man? I just want to put that on the record as we're talking about that. I haven't heard that title. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's my thing. Why the last man? Shout out to York. Um, but listen, um. Is there any book that you would give as inspiration? Maybe a business book or anything like that, or or, or outside of that series? Is there any book that's given you inspiration along the, uh, the years? Mean, I've read a lot of different books on you know different people's like you know journeys and all that stuff. I I took them. So you all. like biographies? Yeah. So I, so which which biography stands out to you the most? Let's put it that way. Who out of other biographies that you've uh, you know picked up? See, it's I, I'm I'm trying to think of like now who really. It, it's. I think it was uh. There was different books on like the history of. Like companies, more so than anything that was more inspirational. Um, you, okay. You can on YouTube, like you can find. Different YouTubers have done by like different like mini docs on, you know, the creators Here's behind like Mario Brothers or like how Double Dragon became a game. Yeah, or, I've seen some of those. There's yeah, also a great there's a great podcast. I don't know if you heard this. It's called Business Wars, and they go over like the different um businesses that are competing. But they did like a um 
think it was like a five, maybe an eight episode, like a little stretch where they did DC versus Marvel. And they go into the history of how long they've been battling each other. And they go all the way back to the beginning and how it started. And I thought that was an amazing series. It's called Business Wars, but uh, it was DC versus Marvel. Something, you know. That's a good person to like, you know, but they don't have like a straight. I mean, I've read a couple YouTube or watch a couple YouTube documentary stuff, things on it. But like Stan Lee, because you yeah, know, absolutely, he started like this idea of these heroes and all this stuff to lead to the point where he was able to be on set for the movies of these yeah, that, that, creations that he has put together. And I, that's I got crazy. That's crazy. I got the experience that I had what I call the Stan Lee moment because I'm working with like I'm I've been. It's on the IG. You can see that I've done stuff with like the Power Rangers and all that stuff. But like, I have like this whole cast and crew of like amazing cosplayers that are well known who have become the actual actors for VT Hero. Oh, that's and dope. We have like live action commercials and like, and then um, I'm working with a stunt team known, known as Common Ramen Studios. And they're like they're pretty much like the Power Ranger fight stunt team. They're awesome. They're just epic, and they put on the suits, and I'm sitting there just like looking like I drew you like a few months ago, and <laughs> watching y'all punch each other in the like this is yeah. It's an idea to come out of your head. It, 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 I, listen, um, Corey and I, uh, and I, I've written multiple books, and Corey and I wrote a book together. And when someone like sends feedback and tells me to love a book, I understand what you mean. It's like, yo, that was an idea in my head, and now someone's carrying it around. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's amazing. That's amazing. I never forget, like, the, like, when I wrote my first book, and I saw someone in public with the book that didn't know me, and I didn't know them. I felt like I was Stephen King for like a good five minutes. Like you couldn't tell me nothing. Okay. So I understand. <laughs> no, I know that. When I saw somebody hold, listen, when somebody cosplayed as one of my characters, my homie sent me a picture. He was like, yo, I'm at this festival and look. And it was people dressed as my comic characters. I'm like, yeah. what? That's, that's next level, right? Uh, bruh. Yeah, I, that's I mind blowing. And then now it's like a common thing to see people dressed as my characters. Like, it's crazy. Now, the newest thing is my homie, uh, Secator, he's a, he's a well-known cosplayer, awesome dude in the industry. He, he, I guess he doesn't realize what, like, he just sees it as like, eh, it's just something fun to do. But, like, he cosplays as me. <laughs> Yeah, I have a certain look. Like everybody knows I, I got nice watches. I collect Invicta watches. That's my thing. That's like literally yeah. one of my signature things. I usually rock a black t-shirt, some jeans, and then I usually have my blue and white Nikes. Like you know, the old running shoes, like just the blue with the white swoosh, like classics. So you've created your own character. Right. So, and then usually at the conventions, I usually wear that year's, con- like whatever my convention is, you know, one of J1 cons, I wear that J1 con shirt for that year. You know what I mean? Like I wear some people and they want to buy it. 
So yeah. he'll go, he'll buy a shirt. He has a wig and everything. He has he went himself <laughs> a watch. I know he didn't get evicted because them things can be pricey. Let me tell you, like, <laughs> but he did sure get himself a big white and gold watch. He got some Nikes, the G's. He he also made sure because I we have different lanyards for our badges, right? Like, so mm-hmm. he wants to make sure that he has the exact lanyard, and he'll even put on the glasses and everything. He has like like. Cause I'll wear my shades or my glasses. He makes sure to see which ones I'm wearing and he'll come to the convention and he brings a Spider-Man action figure. Matter of fact, he gave me one. He, That's hilarious. Like I have like a big Spider-Man action figure that he gave me and like we'll pose with him, and he's taller than me. So he'll have a bigger Spider-Man figure. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like if you're not paying attention, like I'm Mario and I got hit and then I shrunk, like, or I ate a mushroom and yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So it's, it's cool that people appreciate that feeling when people appreciate you for what you're doing. There's no better feeling. None I mean, at all. None at all. Besides, that's better than money. Yeah, yo, the, the only feeling besides that that's close is whenever you work on a product a project or a product and and the first time you you hold it in your hands or you see it like on a real platform like when i got my first comic book in the mail like i cried because i was like i finally did it like i have yeah, a comic yeah you know what yeah, i mean you already yeah that, that you already won <laughs> That's amazing. Jason, man, listen, man, um, this this has been an amazing talk, man. Your story, I'm pretty sure, will inspire some folks out there, man. And um, we appreciate your time because uh, you have an amazing story, an amazing journey, and you're doing great work out there and continue to do so. And um, we hope that VT Heroes is, 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 a, is a huge – it's already a success considering you're holding the product in your hand. So it's already a success, but we wanted to like, grow further and further. Um, and be- and become something really epic because uh you know you're someone that looks like us that's that's created something um tangible that people can use. I mean you know I see people play with like Yu-Gi-Oh cards like all the time. Like, but why not have something that's made by someone that looks like us? Yeah, I played Magic the Gathering for 20 years, so I'm I appreciate what you're doing with this product. Yeah. And yeah, I'm trying to get, yeah. I'm trying to get people to jump in and like if I can get 40 people to buy the level one tier, which is just mm-hmm. it's like forty dollars, you get the box, you know, 123 cards in there and instructions. If I can get 40 people to do that, I have reached my second stretch goal and I'm golden. Like I've literally reached the apex at that point, and I'm you know what I'm saying. Like so, and yeah, then and, and the thing that I want to push on this, it's it presents body positivity, because in Power mm-hmm. Rangers shows like that, there's only one body build. If you look closely, the red one is a thick girl, the purple okay. one at the top is a very skinny girl, the gray one's a big dude, like half the okay. cast are women. And then I wanted to change some of the like gender norms because usually red, green, and black in these types of shows are always male. I made them all female. 
that I purposely threw a, a whole wrench on it and made the pink one a buff dude. Like, <laughs> did you get any um any any backlash for that thus far? No, what I've gotten is like people loving it because there's like so many cosplayers that actually dress up as these their favorite like superheroes and Power Rangers, all that stuff, and they get backlash online. Oh, you're too big. You're too small. You ain't got enough this. You ain't got enough that. So now I've created a, a place so that they can dress as these characters and be more accurate than like than the haters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's dope, man. Dope, man. Every this whole project is amazing. Congratulations, man. And we're gonna put the link to uh to everything that you got going on. Your IG link is right there um on your screen, but we're also gonna put that within the description um for the podcast as well as the webcast and also a link um you know to your Kickstarter so people can see what you got going on and hopefully get you to that stretch goal. Um, yeah. but I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your time, man. And just continue to create, man. Cause, uh, black creatives are important. Um, we need as many as possible, man, because we, we dictate culture and that's pretty much every culture. So continue to do what you do, man. I just want to say thank you for your time. Core, before we get out of here, you got any last words, bro? I appreciate having a black creative on our show, man. We've had a few other black creatives on our show, but you know when when you when you have somebody that is a, as accomplished a, a, of a creative as as this man here it, it, it kind of you know it gives hope to those you know people who are creatives and they've been told that they you know shouldn't be that because they need to do something to feed their families my man has been able to feed his family and be able to create so i'm 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 super glad that someone in the creative space that has had a level of success where they've been able to feed their family has decided to, you know, bring their, bring their talents to the by the hood show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Cause like, um, cause by the hood is, isn't about necessarily uh real estate. When we say by the hood, we mean buying into each other. So it's, it's a lot deeper than, you know, just finance or real estate. It's about supporting each other, believing in each other and, and, you know, sharing each other's stories, like buying to each other, literally. So um, your story is important. And you literally told us how you drew your way out of poverty. And I think that right there is, man, that might be the show title. I drew my way out of poverty. That, that To me, that's an amazing story. So just want to say I appreciate you, brother, and um, continue success and continue sharing your story as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate being on here. I appreciate you guys for even creating the platform. This is an incredible platform, and it's an important platform for those who don't know, like there's a level of ignorance that lives within our community that you guys are just breaking down those barriers and breaking down those walls to show people, like, I love that you guys talk about finance. Like that is something our community needs. We don't have those, uh, those levels of exposure or understanding. And I appreciate everything that you guys at By The Hood do. Oh, man. Thank you for saying that, man. We definitely appreciate you as well. And for the folks out there watching, make sure you share this episode. Make sure you give us feedback. Make sure you check out what he has going on Um, and support. Make sure, you go, to, make sure you go to that Kickstarter and grab grab a pack. Yeah, yeah. By the hood, we're definitely we're going to grab a pack. As soon as it's over, by the hood, we'll grab a pack. We'll definitely will support you, man. And um, but for the folks out there, make sure we make VT Heroes like a household. Like we we put so much money um into those other folks' pocket. Let's make VT Heroes as big as we made the rest of them, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, and as we always say, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you keep.
game elevates and we shall see y'all on the next episode peace